Welcome home. Taku and his collaborators walk us through his latest album. Songs to come home to. So for those that might have noticed and for those that haven't, because you might not care, um, you know, I've been making music for a while now and I don't actually tour that much or at all lately. And it's interesting when you make music, that's, you know, more or less the, the bread and butter of your income. It's being a touring musician. And I have a lot of funny stories around me touring. And not all of them are, you know, funny in a good way. <laughs> I have like a very interesting relationship when it comes to bringing my music. So I used to do it a lot when I was coming up and, you know, trying to make a name for myself. And I started DJing and I'm a terrible DJ. And I've said that many times and I'll continue to say it because, you know, I, I'm okay. I can, you know, I can scratch a little. I can do a baby scratch. Um, I can do a chirp. I can do really lazy crabs. So these are probably all terms that a lot of new DJs these days might not know because it's vinyl's a thing of the past. But I mean, you can still scratch with CD DJs and other things. But yeah, I grew up like watching battle DJs. So, you know, we're talking like A Track. Um, he was a big inspiration, Qbert, DJ Shadow. You know, when DMC used to have the, those battles, I used to buy those DVDs, all the, all the bootleg ones, um, and watch them repeatedly. We even bought, like me and my homie, bought the DJ Qbert Scratch DVD. It was like, a, I think it was like a four-part DVD set, and it had multiple angles, and you could learn how to scratch. And we used to share that DVD set, and like you would sit there with your turntables, and then you would pretty much just repeat what he did on the, on the screen, and you would repeat that lesson. It's pretty crazy, yeah. It was it was a great time. I wanted to be a DJ first and foremost before I started learning how to, you know, make music. So there's that story. But then, you know, when it came to me touring, I started DJing and I mean it's fun. You know, I did a few boiler rooms, I had a few great moments, um, career highlights, whatever you want to call it. But then I just realized it just wasn't very good. <laughs> that um I remember I played a Soul Action anniversary show and the the needles were just popping off the vinyl. They were just like moving around. I don't think I got the counterweight right. And it was like, you know, it was a, it was a nice hefty crowd and it was just probably the worst sets of my life. But where was I going with this? Yeah, I'm not a good DJ. I'm, I don't feel like live touring has ever been for me. Also, it's a lifestyle choice, you know. I'm a little bit older and I have family that I'd rather stay close to and I don't want to be on the road. And if I do go on the road or travel, I, I would rather it be for straight up being, you know, visiting these countries to just see it and feel it and take time off from all my other things that I have going on creatively. And then it came to me like, all right, now I don't want to DJ, but now I'm starting to make music that's a little bit more vocal. I'm using my voice. Let's switch to like a more live aspect. And that was a very interesting time. Using my voice in front of like at festivals in front of thousands of people was extremely humbling and extremely confronting in terms of touring is just not something that you, you can just get up and do. It's not just like this second 
nature thing as an artist that you can just go out and, you know, turn it on. It's like a craft. And, you know, the person we're talking to today, she is a master of her craft and she's from the inner west of Sydney. Apologies in the, in the podcast. I should, she was from the west. There's a difference. Shout out to all my Sydney people. Um, it's truly an amazing place there right now musically. And she's part of that. You know, she is an amazing musician, singer-songwriter, producer, music director, you name it, um, all-around creative. So we get into it a bit about this podcast about what it's like to be a touring artist and the things that come with it and why the Sydney Opera House show for me was my last one. Um, but, you know, I'm working on ways that people can experience music in other ways, especially families. That's very something I'm passionate about, seeing families and young kids experience music outside of a club or festival environment or show environment um that's my excuse anyway but yeah what a privilege to have milan ring on the podcast so there's something about uh west sydney that i I really love and sydney in general i do think sydney and west sydney kind of rule the music scene at the moment and our next guest i'm getting good at this hey Um, (laughs) my next guest is actually one of my favorite artists not just from sydney or west sydney but just in general, someone that I've admired for a long time and just does everything. When we were talking before uh, recording this, we talked about her feeling like a, you know, this kind of one woman show. And it really is kind of does feel like that where she's just capable of so many things and has so much, you know, creative talent oozing from her. She's one of those people that just when you see her activity online or in articles or you hear her music, you just feel like, man, I need to get off the couch and do something creative. But anyway, um, I would like to really, uh, it's a privilege to introduce our next guest, Milan Ring. How are you doing, Milan? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for that intro. Appreciate it. We can it. end it there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Interview over. I should say I'm from the inner west of Sydney. Inner west, okay. Which is a... I should have I should have got that right. That's all right. That's all right. Which is which is a bit different, but West and Inner West represent represent for sure. Still heading that way though. Still, heading, I'm heading that in, way in the right that's, direction. That's right. I'm getting yeah. closer and closer. I'm actually moving every year further west, and right. I think that's because of Sydney's rental prices. But that's that's not what this uh, chat <laughs> yeah. is about. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about the cost of living, shall we? Mm. Um, yeah, I think. I, Obviously, I know who you are because that's a given, but could you just maybe describe who you are and what you do for those that might not be familiar with Milan Ring? I've, I've said a lot, you know, can you describe what you do, like how you describe your parents, what you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Uh, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, you kind of laid it out, but artist, producer, I'd say, you know, um, yeah, obviously I produce so I play different instruments but I'm really a guitarist that's my main instrument and a vocalist and I spend a lot of time alone making music and collaborating but um yeah a lot of time in my my studio just writing songwriting um performing touring um been doing quite a lot of touring having a little bit of a break from that at the moment but um yeah I kind of I like doing anything creative really anything involved with music so I I have mixed it up a lot maybe I get bored easily I'm not really sure but I've you know um done music directing I've been a guitarist for other artists a backing vocalist for other artists I produce 
and write for other artists, I, either like as the producer or just as a songwriter or as a top liner. Um, and then I'm always kind of my, I guess my heart and soul, like passion projects, always kind of my artist project under my name, Milan Ring. Um, yeah, that I'm just always kind of exploring and trying to be as authentically myself as possible. But, um, yeah, I really love working with, with other people and on other people's projects as well. That gives me a lot of, um, joy and energy. So I try to kind of have a balance between both and then somehow fit in touring and then all the other things that we do as well. And just life. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like a, a busy, a busy life. Cause you, you really do it all. I think like, cause I've been following you for a while. And when I reached out to see if you'd be interested in making something, you have this like infectious energy where you, you're just so one, you're really quick and two, you just, your ideas are just so um, refreshing. I remember when you sent some demos back to me for the songs that are coming out for, for my project, I was just blown away with how spontaneous it felt. Is that like for you when it comes to, you know, music and collaborating, that spontaneity or that kind of energy, is that something that comes naturally or do you, do you kind of like really have to push yourself there because it feels like you just have it coming from your fingertips? Mm. Oh, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, it's uh, uh, no, I mean, just certain things either inspire me or they don't. Like I wouldn't have, you know, when you sent me, you know, some demos, I was just straight away I had ideas. You know, I, I liked it when I first listened to, you know, in that setting if someone sent me something they're working on and if, like, I, I'll put my phone on voice memo straight away and, like, the first thing that comes to mind, like, when I'm listening to it, even the first time, like, I'll just start ad-libbing and that's if I'm inspired. And if I'm not inspired, mm -hmm. I just say, yeah, thank you, but, like, this isn't, um, I'm not, you know, I don't know, like, nothing's come to mind, maybe, like, another song later down the track. So I don't really like to push it. I think it's, it's either there or it's not for me. Um, so yeah, often the quicker, the better. I mean, there are certain circumstances, like, like I might push myself a little bit more, especially if I'm like in a room with people, like with it in a session kind of collaborating. And sometimes that initial spark isn't there, but it, you can get there by the end of the day. But I must admit, I'm not the best at, at pushing it. I, I tend to just, you know, even when I'm working like day to day in my studio, it's like some days I feel a lot of creative energy and I just, you know, mute the emails and I don't do any editing and like that kind of real analytical work. And I just go with the creative flow because it's not always there. And I'm not sure why it's there some days and why it's not, you know, it's definitely like an energy or, you know, a mental state or depending, you know. It definitely comes in spurts, right? Like you mm. have to respect, you have to respect those moments too when it happens. And like you said, clear everything out and just stop, you know, stop what you're doing. Yeah. Because you never know how long it's going to last or what in your life is going to interrupt that. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when it's there, it's there. And I definitely like with our collaborations, um, it was, yeah, I was very inspired by, you know, your demo straight away. So um, I prefer to kind of, once the inspiration's there, just try to like record it, like record it high quality, you know, not because I don't do, I don't really like doing too many demo vocals because you know, that initial energy is what you kind of want to capture. Um, so I try to, like, take it seriously from the beginning. 
Um, and I guess that's a good tip because yeah, a lot of the times when I've had demos where it's been a voice note or I've recorded a voice note, you can never really capture that again. Hey, and you're like, oh, can you make it sound more like the voice note <laughs> when you're talking to like the engineer or talking to someone else that's like <laughs> yeah. re-recording? And it's like really, it feels bad because you're like, they're like, oh, I just recorded that um, off a whim. It's like, we'll do it again. <laughs> Yeah, it's tricky. It is really tricky. And you can get there and like, I don't know, you, I definitely finesse things sometimes when they need to be or, you know, like sometimes like the harmonies and backing vocals and stuff, like I'll be really quick and rough with just because I'm just like, I just want to get it out, get it out. But it's the lead that's often hard to like capture again, that that initial yeah energy and inspiration. So I think from memory, I would have just, I think like what, our songs have ended up with, or our song, sorry, it has ended up with was my, probably my first takes. Wow. Yeah. Well, first comps. And those first takes aren't, yeah, the, those first comps aren't just like, you know, um, simple comps. They're like multi-layered. I remember the first time you sent something back because um, I wasn't aware that you, you rap as well. Um, and you, you laid down this like hot 16 <laughs> and like, I was just, yeah, blown bars. away by the, like, yeah, mad bars. And I think I was just blown away with this, how, you know, diverse and how multi-talented you are. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's called, this is the gas uh, Milan podcast. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, when it comes to like, I got this funny story. It's like, whenever I, I'm the same, whenever I get a demo, whenever I get something that I'm really excited about. I'll just I'll quickly tell my wife I'm just going to drive around the you know around the block for half an hour because I I just like listening to things in my car. My car hasn't got a very good sound system. It's just like a standard sound system. But I think my neighbors might think I'm a bit of a, a creep, <laughs> like I'm, or I'm some kind of circling like the block neighborhood creep. Just circling the block, <laughs> they just see me just going in circles. But for me, it's that's like when I when I feel that spark and I I want to listen to it really loud. I have this thing about listening to music and moving at the same time. Yeah. That makes it more transformative for me. Like when it, I think, yeah, just the emotional Filipino side of me is like, well, I, want, I want to listen to it in a plane, train, or a car looking out the window as things pass me by. Yeah, right. Um, but that does kind of like make me feel it a lot more. And it's like, how does this feel when I'm like moving, when I'm commuting, when I'm yeah. like moving. going somewhere? Yeah, not just yeah. looking at the not wall. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> nah, for sure. So when it comes to, yeah, sorry? No, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. just nah, for sure. <laughs> nah, nah, for sure, yeah. For sure. Um, when it comes to like collabing and stuff like that, because, you know, I know that you, you collaborate quite a lot, whether it's as a, you know, a f feature collaborator or like you said, doing, you know, writing or top lighting or, um, you know, being a producer. Do you find it hard, like, collaborating in person in, in a studio session setting? Because I do. I just wanted to know how you felt about that. Mm, no, I don't. Um, I, I mean, like, obviously it depends who you're with. I've definitely had some clankers. But, um, <laughs> like, these days I am just tend to always be collaborating with pretty fucking cool people, <laughs> legends. So yeah. I feel <laughs> a lot of energy from it, to be honest. Um mm. Yeah, I kind of get a bit more playful and like excited, you know. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah, it's hard to be that playful and excited when you're just alone in the studio <laughs> sometimes, but um mm -hmm. I I really enjoy collaborating, especially I 
and even for my own project, like I've really been enjoying working with other producers so that they can kind of sit at the computer and I can run around and just like jump on instruments and synths and drum machines and like the guitar and I can kind of be a bit freer. I'm not capturing, having to like look at the computer and capture everything. And then what often happens, they then they just send me all the stems. And then from there I go deeper and, you know, arrange it and further produce it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Cause I like to kind of do that and explore that in my own time. But um, I do enjoy just being in the room more than being looking at the computer. So I, yeah, I think um, like having an engineer or having another producer is like probably yeah, my, it does help my with favorite. Like the freedom, yeah, yeah, like the freedom and the, of movement and like of like ideas flowing, right? Like just yeah. having someone at the helm. Yeah, because I l- um, just like to be kind of quick with it because you can finesse things later, like sounds and mm. you know. I just, I just, I get really like frustrated if it's stagnant for too long, like yeah, that just kills me. So. Yeah, I feel. I think I like, like the, the studio, the studio environment for you makes sense because you can do multiple things. I think the studio environment for some, like someone like me, that's like a bedroom producer. Um, there's not much I could do, <laughs> so I'm either the dude at the helm, or I'm trying to like. Uh, I just think you have to have a certain personality to do well in studio sessions. Like you need a a certain level of kind of like, um, you you need to know what you want, and you need to also be. Um, quite assertive in the studio setting, mm. um, because it's like you know you don't you don't want to be in there um, for a long time and just kind of lingering. Like you know you still have to achieve something. Totally, it's like being an uh, yeah kind, assertive, creative person. Hard balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be a c word. <laughs> I don't know if I should swear. <laughs> just be a aggressive, assertive. Can't. Yeah. But no, um, I've had sessions. I've had sessions where it's like, you know, with rappers, and I won't say who, but some of them have been like they've been smoking because you can't. Some studios, you know, you can't smoke inside, so you got to smoke outside. And then they've just been sitting outside, and and they're like, just play us beats, and we'll knock on the door if we like them. <laughs> and so I was like playing these beats. There's no one in the studio. I'm just like waiting for this knock, or like looking at the door. And I think four beats in, I was like, man, I'll just send you these. Like, I'll just send you these and you listen to them when you can. And I went home. And I think that killed my, like, studio session um, yeah. <laughs> dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't I, – I don't often kind of come with – I mean, I do have a catalogue of, like, little beat ideas and sometimes flick through them because they're all just, like, mm. little seeds that can be expanded on. But I feel like – you know, I, I do prefer to kind of make something from scratch. Like, so so if I'm working with another artist, say, Definitely. like, chat to them for a while and then, you know, play some references and then sort of just figure something out from there. Um, and sometimes, yeah, obviously it works and the music comes out. Sometimes it doesn't, but I kind of, I, I enjoy that because it makes me, like, uh, think outside the box and try to create something mm. that's like very tailored to them rather mm. than it being like something I would have just made by myself. So I do really enjoy that. Um, but, but, but I didn't always like, I, I hear where you're coming from. Like when I, I feel like, especially when I first started doing sessions in like my early twenties, which were for my, you know, artist project, I was still pretty 
I was very, very, very shy. Um, mm. And I also assumed everyone I was in the studio with, like, were more advanced and knew and knew what was best. So, you know, and also being the people pleaser I was, especially then, I would kind of just go with what everyone else thought. And mm. absolutely none of those songs I ever released because I they weren't me enough, you know, and I think that's I've always been like striving to for my own stuff to like, you know, be as authentically me and uniquely me as possible. But and but I guess believe in that and have faith in that and in, and like that. Whereas early earlier on, I just thought everyone else like knew what was best. And, you know, like I really don't enjoy working with a top liner, like a lyricist yet. I'm still mm. open to it. And I think I I think it would work now because I know who I am more, you know, and and I'm not gonna bend so far away from like my, you know, middle ground. But I bet I'd be open to like other people's creativity. But yeah, I think like earlier on I was just like, okay, sure, like let's go with these lyrics and let's go with this production. And I'd always walk away going, Oh, this isn't this feels a bit this feels a bit on the nose for me. So, like, I've definitely had that experience a lot, like, in my earlier yeah. years. And that did deter me from sessions, and I think it, it really just drove me to work alone a lot. Um, but I think, yeah, as the years have kind of gone on, I've found, like, those kind of key collaborators and people that really encourage and, you know, enhance my creativity and, you know, you know for example, like, working – with producers that allow me to steer the steer a lot of it as well, and it is a true collaboration because we're both doing it together. That's yeah, that's what. That's yeah, but you're right. It's like you know when we, we when we work together. One thing I've known, like I believed in, when it comes to creative collaboration, is like you're the best at what you do for a reason. So let you let you do that, mm. you know. And if by you steering that ship. And it's not, you're not by any means taking it over or like, this is Milan's track now. It's like, I'm going to take this skeleton or this like demo that we're working on and take it to the, a place that you won't be able to because it's what I do. Mm. And like in every song that we've worked on, that's what you've done. And it's just like leaning into someone's expertise like that is only going to make the song or in any creative field, you know, you get the best people and who do the best of what they do, and you make the end product richer. And I'm, you know, what you just, just to tap onto what you're saying, I think that's that's the experience I had with you when you know you took those demos and you just took them to a place that no one else could. And <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it was dope. <laughs> you know? Thank you. Because like I, I wouldn't be able to do it, and like the other collaborators that are working on it wouldn't be able to do it either. And that's why you know I feel like we need to work with Milan because I know she's yeah. I should probably um <laughs> she's going to take it back on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Thank you. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like, yeah. I hope. Well. The, yeah. I don't know where I was going to go with that, but I guess thank you. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just say thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think just on what you were saying, it's like it takes a while for us to kind of trust our own creative voice, you know, and it's like, you know, when you go into that studio session, you're right. I know the first few that I went on, you tend to forget that you're one of the reasons why this session's happening and so therefore it's okay for people to to look to you to, to kind of, you know, lead it. And then you do have this kind of 
feeling of like, oh, I shouldn't be here. The people around me know best. So I'll just lean on what they want to do. It was like, no, it's, you're the reason why, you know. And after a while, you start to realize that. And it seems like, you know, when you went away and started um, working solo more and figuring out who you are as an artist, now you've, you've, you kind of have that more confidence in studio sessions and, you know. For sure. Kind of making them work if we're in your advantage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's like it's a combination of knowing myself better, you know, getting mm. a bit older, like um, – but I think the big part too is like not having imposter syndrome, you know, getting rid of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, also as a female in this industry and as a producer, I felt like I had to be like a really good producer to be able to say I'm a producer or something. I don't know. Um, so just not that I'm like thrown out, I'm a really good producer, but I mean, just being like, you know, efficient and being well-versed and, you know, getting it, mm. being technically sound. Um so, yeah, I guess after kind of spending so many years producing, I kind of could be like, yeah, I'm a producer. <laughs> but um, Yeah, no, it does come with time, eh? It comes yeah. with time and, like, I, I'm the same. The older you get, the more you just, like, you don't want to waste time. Mm. You know, you just, you know what you need to do. Yeah, and I think I'm, just, like, you know, best it, also just, like, some sessions, just the gelling isn't there and that's all right. Like, I think... I know that now I've done enough to just know that some are, you know, just like friendships, you know, you either get along mm. with some people or, or, you know, they're not that you don't like the other person, but you just, the chemistry is not there. So I think that's okay too. And I think it's, there, there's still something to learn from those situations, um, from those like sessions that, you know, and then some are surprising. Like you start the day and you're like, oh, I don't know if there's like chemistry, but let's just keep going. And by the end of the day, it could be one of the, the better ones you've done. So because it can take a while to find that common ground because I guess that's like collaboration is 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 not, yeah, it's just about finding the, the sweet spot that both of you enjoy, you know, finding that new Yeah, it's finding realm. that happy medium. Right? Mm, mm. Yeah. I think when it comes to like, you know, studio sessions and um, everything that it takes to be an artist, it seems like mm. from the outside looking in, I, I, I don't want to assume that performing live, even though it can be quite a, a taxing part of a, an artist's life, is performing live kind of like one of your favorite things to do in terms of <laughs> being an artist? Or mm. Yeah, definitely. Would you say making it is like... Yeah, this is... Because I don't tour at all, so... Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know. Ooh. I, 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 I can't compare. I can't, I can't pick one over the other. Um, like, obviously, I just, I love creating. I love, I have to. <laughs> it's not even a choice. I just have to. Um, and so it's, that's very important. And I really enjoy it and especially the initial spark of creativity before you start to get bogged down with production and technical shit. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess similarly so is, you know, performing. I guess I have similarities in the sense that, like, my ideal writing situation and my ideal performing situation is when I'm, you know, really feeling present and therefore feeling free and then, you know, losing time and being in the zone, in flow, whatever you want to call it. 
um, they both have the ability to, to do that, but they also both have the ability to be hard <laughs> and difficult as well and challenging. So there's, uh, there's, you know, but without the, the dark can't be the light. So, you know, without the struggle, you can't appreciate the, those moments of really kind of, you know, I don't know, transcending to not get too sp- spiritual with it. But I do love performing because I do have those experiences quite often um, and connecting with other people. But, but, you know, they're interconnected. It's like the special part of performing, you know, the song that you wrote, you know, and that was gifted to you that happened in front of people and sharing that energy. It's like full circle. So I kind of feel like I can't have yeah, one without the other. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that feeling. Like, you know, when I used to tour more, is all all the you know the things that you create once you see it actually t- like connecting with people in real time. Mm-hmm. It's quite a like you said, it's quite a spiritual thing where you just nothing can really compare to it. And it's like the the moment where you realize this is why I do what I do. Mm. When you see other people yeah. connecting with something that you've made, it's yeah. it's it's a crazy experience. Why aren't you performing? What's going on? Oh, I just I just can't. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> what? I have an interesting story. Like uh, I just I just don't enjoy it, and it, it was getting to the point where it was just like sucking the joy of, out of being a creator or being a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What is it that you you just said? You basically said that it's the most spiritual experience, and now you're saying you don't enjoy it. <laughs> it's a bit of a. Compliment. So we're going to end it here, guys. Thanks for <laughs> listening. No, for me it was like so. I started like DJing right, and I hated it because I wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Like I, you, I'm not a very technical person. I'm probably the least technical person I know. And for me, it's all about like a feeling and like you know, just doing what you can to make it feel a certain way but in terms of like mastering or EQing or like um recording techniques I'm like rubbish but when it came to touring I was just like I was DJing and I was like a very bad DJ and I was like oh maybe I should try start you know playing my music live Mm -hmm. and I'm not musically trained at all I'm just like a button basher I I you know chop samples some of my greatest like Influences were like Dilla and mm. Ninth Wonder, Mad Lib. So I came from that very bedroom. These all just sound like excuses. I came from like a very bedroom producer mindset. And yeah. so I never made the transition of like, if if I play live, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And it just me, ba- you know, bashing buttons while having musicians around me just didn't sit well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it for a while and I had the privilege to play some really cool venues. But um just didn't enjoy it. Okay. What about like yeah. your singing as well, though? Well, you know, didn't enjoy that either. Okay. <laughs> no, the singing, I the singing part, I in, enjoyed, but I had this weird intersection of fans where they like didn't want to hear me sing. <laughs> and I remember I played one gig in Bali, and it was like I had a live band and I was pressing buttons, and I was singing for the most part. Uh-huh. And it was the only show I did when I finished each song, and there was just nothing. Like there was no applause. There was just like ambient kitchen sounds <laughs> oh. of people like clattering dishes. Yeah, um, it was pretty rough, and it was like a, it was like an uh, an awakening for me of like I can spend like maybe another you know 
two to five years figuring this out and you know putting on a show where I'm like feeling really confident mm. or just or just to other stuff yeah and I did the lat- I did the latter so fair enough yeah but like- I do I do I capture that I do hold those moments like I did play the Sydney Opera House which is like probably the highlight of my musical career and I think that was you know we didn't have like the 80 string um orchestra <laughs> like you had on the other day but we had like you know 10 10 string mm-hmm. um Ensemble, which has like always been a dream of mine to play with people, mm. that, you know, did live strings, and I just hold on to that now till I till I get old. Yeah, I think. Well, look, like I I totally get you because like touring, is like it's grueling as well, and it is a lifestyle, and it is a a big commitment and choice, and it isn't easy. So, like, yeah, you should just you know pick the the occasional special you know orchestra yeah, show or true. something like, yeah, yeah you know where you can bring everyone in together and i have been enjoying like lately you know as an artist and i want to do this with this upcoming project is like creating spaces where people can enjoy my music in installation based yeah. kind of experiences so we did that with awesome. like a with perth festival mm. in the lead up it was like a pre-album thing but yeah. that was like a year and a half ago because I thought the album was going to come out earlier yeah um but I think I'm going to chase that feeling you know giving people sure. especially young families you know yeah. um an opportunity to experience my music and in, in, in like a more different setting so I reckon that's awesome and so yeah. innovative and the so yeah it, it's got all your you know multi-medium creativity aspects like yeah. all incorporated into the one kind of place as an exhibition. I think that's really cool. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, like when I when I see people like especially with you, Milan, like when I see you, you know, even snippets of you in the studio, I'm just like, you know, I do get the itch and like I I do miss that feeling, you know. Um, because you can't beat it. You really can't, you know, in terms of playing live and playing in front of people and feeling that kind of rush. Um and you do it so well. I haven't seen you, you know, live in person, but I've I've watched a lot of clips and you just seem like a, a natural, like it just comes natural oh, to you. Thank you. But no, it's a, it it's, a, it's a hard it's a hard it's a hard stint though, right? Yeah. Right? It actually I've had a really like um a really interesting journey with with um with performing. Because I was very, very, very shy, like and you know, and very insecure. And I think like coming out of high school and early twenties, like doing first gigs, I, you know, I really just, I'm my own like biggest critic and I would be so, so, you know, self-absorbed, like in my own head, if I made any mistake, you know, I, which I, of course, you know, we all make mistakes. So, and especially early days on stage, you know, I would end the gig and just like the depression was really 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 heavy not to go too dark with the combo but you know I really like it was I went to dark 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 places after performing like always so I really just tried to not perform as much as possible and then I kind of when I started to do like songwriting and then I did my like production kind of diploma situation um and I was almost going to just like, I was thinking maybe I'll just be, I'll be like a producer, sound engineer. You know, I don't know about being on stage. I was obviously, yeah, just running away. Um, 
I started to be kind of asked to be in other people's bands and be a guitarist. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. I could be, I could be in the background, you know? And I th- felt like doing years and years of that slowly, like, you know, I've done so many gigs because I've been in so many different bands, different, you know, mu- music scenes around, around Sydney um, for years. And that's kind of, it's like after doing hundreds of gigs, it's like eventually I started to eventually enjoy it. And part of that enjoyment came from me not taking it so seriously, not being in my head, you know, just and letting mistakes go. Like it's now, you know, on my shows, like I'm just a complete different person to who I was like a decade ago. Like on my shows mm-hmm. now, if I make a mistake, it's the best part. I think it's funny. I just like, I laugh. <laughs> and people are like, you know, you, sh- you probably shouldn't laugh if you make a mistake. I'm like, no, it's funny. Like I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the string, I hit an open G string. It's like forever. I don't know why that G string always gets. <laughs> and I mean, on the guitar, on the guitar, guys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> open G guitar G string um or something like just small like whatever or I hit the wrong you know sample I trigger the wrong mm. sample or I fuck the loop up like there's mm. been times like I've been like on the Emmore theater you know in front of thousands of people I fuck the loop up I was just like oh I'll do I'll do that again you know and no one cares like in mm. fact it is people, human isn't it it's like, human it's and the, I think actually people in, yeah like they're the moments that people are like oh it was it was cool when you made that mistake and then you like you did it again and made everyone realize you're actually doing like looping live or whatever. Um, so I think, I don't know, how, like it took me so many years to get to the point of being like, ah, oh, like it's just don't take things so seriously. And, and therefore just in, I just I love being on stage. I love the spontaneity. I like the mm. – I like the – Uh, I mean, so many elements of it, but, um, yeah, from where I kind of started of being just so nervous and just like, yeah, it it definitely took time. And I, I work with artists and young artists who who, it's like, they don't really have that, you know, they're confident at 18 years old. I'm like, Whoa, I was like drug. Yeah. I was not (laughs) confident. I was going down a different route at 18 years old. And it was crazy. The, the, the young generation now, like Gen Z, they do have that kind of like semi-abrasive, like, you know, unapologetic confidence. And it's not confidence because they, of like, I do everything right. It's just confidence of like, hey, here's what I do. And if I, like you said, if I stuff up, then it is what it is. Mm. Just keep it moving. And I love that. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, for me, I was the same as you. I just like, oh, you know, when I did the Opera House, the first show, I triggered, you know, a button that would like set off the the backing track and the visuals. Mm. And the visuals went off, but there was no sound. <laughs> and for like 30 seconds, I was just like figuring out what to happen, what, like what's going to happen. And the stage manager kind of pulled me off and just said, oh, we'll be right back. <laughs> that was like the first, you know, it was the biggest show of my life, the first 30 seconds. But I look back at it now <laughs> and I'm like, it's like when I came back on, like people were laughing and I said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I didn't have it plugged in. I said something stupid, like trying to make, trying to be funny. And then... <laughs> I just look back at it now and it's like, it's like, it's true. It's like what you said, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. We get nervous. We, we stuff up, like just embrace that and keep it moving. Yeah. And, um, I love that, you know, cause I, I'm like that with most things in my life and other creative aspects. And I hear what you're saying. If I just stuck with it, you know, and put in the work and got more used to it, yeah. then you become more accustomed to something then you, your confidence in it, you know, 
skyrockets or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, it definitely took some time. So, you know, like I thank you. I appreciate you know it when people say nice things about my performance and their experience being there because I just it's like night and day to where I used to be. You know, and mm-hmm. that's the thing for me is like I really want. Like there's nothing like watching an artist, you know, when I go to gigs that is present, like enjoying themselves and doesn't give a fuck because that's Mm. the whole point. Like as a spectator, you become free of yourself and your mind and your critical mind, your ego by watching someone be like free of that within themselves. That's what happens to you. Like I remember, I think Jim Carrey like explained that really well in like an interview one time. It's just like all we are. Oh, I'm going to misquote. It was like all we like strive to be is free of oneself or something like that, you know. And I guess, I mean, he's the ultimate version of like, <laughs> you know, of, of kind of I'm being just not giving a fuck, right? Mm. But, you know, I, I, and then I, at the same time, you know, if you go to a gig and the, you know, artist or is like uncomfortable on stage, you know, you know it and you feel it. And you watch the whole gig feeling uncomfortable. And I've done that to people. I've definitely done gigs where I, like I said, like in my early days, that I was uncomfortable, like hated myself on stage. And I gave that energy to everyone else. They were feeling it too. And I don't want to do that to people. <laughs> you know, so it is a very sacred space in in my eyes too. I do treat it with utmost respect and like I, I just want to do like it's service or what am I trying to say that's like not the way to say it not the right saying yeah, but um, um do yeah you know do it justice do yeah. it justice that's it um yeah but it's true it's like I never thought of it that way you know like mm. when when you get nervous and when you feel like oh this is not I'm not this is not it Mm. Like you're not just doing that to yourself. You're doing it to the people that paid to go see yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. I never, I don't, literally I haven't thought like that until you just mentioned it yeah. because all my experiences I've just thought about myself. Yeah. But it isn't just about me, is it? Um, yeah, it's it's really wild. Like, and, and I think, the you know, I don't I really feel it when I go to gigs, you know. Mm. And look, like not everyone is like going to maybe consciously recognise that you know you're either very like in tune kind of depends what state you're in you know some people are just there drunk at the gig you know they're not I'm not saying that they're necessarily like taking it in so deeply but um yeah I think a lot of people do and yeah I don't know you you get what I'm trying to say it is an energy exchange and I kind of just like I think as long as I'm I can just give my all and like have a bit of fun and not like, yeah, just be as present as I can. Then at least I'm not doing like an ill service to the people that paid to come and see me, you know? No, for real. Yeah, Yeah. no, totally. But yeah. That's like, you know, with anything, you know, I think that's really good advice Mm. to do with with anything you do because, you know, even on a very, you know, personal level, if you, I don't know, I'm just thinking now in my head when you go see your your family or like your your parents that you haven't seen in a while and your energy is a certain way, you're going to get the same energy back, you know. Or if when you're hanging out with people or spending time with people you love. And I think it's the same when you create things, whether it's in the studio or, 
even collaborating online, you get you get back what you put in. So it makes total sense. I just never really thought about it that way. You get so in your head, you know. I mean, when it comes to touring and like, yeah, it it performing is. live, you just it's all about you, and you just think like, how is this making me feel? I don't want to do this. This is making me feel X, Y, and Z, and you don't think yeah. about. Yeah, totally. Like one thing I often say to like the band before we go on, we do our little huddle. I mean, it changes all the time, but like. I just feel like music is above and beyond us. Like, aren't we great? Mm. Like, you know, kind of grateful to be involved in music just to kind of mm, remind okay. one another it's not about us as much as we're in our heads and we want to play our part right and mm. all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just music's out there and it's something that we're we're doing. And, yeah, just to kind of, like, just get drive it home like yeah i was talking to a friend about that when you're creative in a space creating things every single day you forget that it you it's a privilege and that it's it's not just because you know i mean it's every day starts to feel like this you know your day job or like a Mm. career or like a means to an end sometimes yeah but or like responding to to emails about the business side (laughs) you forget that you're part of this really yeah amazing thing that touches so many people you know yeah it can change life totally it's like definitely i don't know if i'd be alive alive without music that's for sure (laughs) i can't imagine a world without it and it's definitely definitely changed my life and yeah like yeah it it is it is a very cool thing that we get to do that's 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 for sure but didn't you want to like talk people out of it or something (laughs) That was the, that was the, that's the aim of these. That's the aim of these audio <laughs> series to tell young people to go be a doctor or something. No, no, it's just like I was just saying, like you know, before with Milan, before we hopped on and recorded, it's just that it's a hard. It's I wouldn't say it's hard. It's just tough, you know, being creative because it's you're constantly at war with yourself in your head, trying mm. to figure things out, and it gets easier. Like I think you and I are in a similar space where we've been doing it for you know some time and are getting more confident about who we are and what our voice is. But it doesn't stop, you know, in terms of creating something and having it to be, you know, consumed by others. Mm. It's mm. like my wife is, um, she's a physio and she says all the time, she's like, how do you make, how do you create things? And I'm just like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, you just, how do you come up with ideas? And I stopped and thought to myself that to some people, who have different interests or different career direction, being a creative or coming up with creative ideas isn't a part of the day-to-day, you know? Mm. Um, and you, we kind of just do it. But there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to it in terms of knowing who you are. And Yeah, it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about. I always wanted to be like a... Um, I wanted to be in the NBA, but that... <laughs> <laughs> and I took a back seat. So, um, Mad, I, did you have any aspirations yourself? It's funny. I was talking. Music? I was talking about this the other night. I was at the orchestra show. I don't know why this came up, but I was talking about like, like I'd love to be able to slam dunk just like once in my life. <laughs> I was just, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm six foot. Like I'm pretty tall. I got massive gonna, yeah, hands. Gonna, I got massive guitar hands. <laughs> You know, I've got strong fingers, so I feel I can grip a ball with one hand, you know, and I was just like, I feel like I should be able to slam dunk. And I was at the park, like, not long ago working out, and 
I was like, and they had a um, basketball, oh, sorry, um, ring, uh, court ring. Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to, you know, this is like the year old woman at a park just jumping. I was just trying to jump and reach the <laughs> Did you reach it? Not really. Like obviously, it's pretty, it's obviously pretty I, high. I got the net and stuff. I don't even think I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't get the ring, and I was just like, "Fuck, this is really hard." But <laughs> I'd love to be able to do that. So um, that's a goal, you know. Yeah, it's all in the. It's all in the <laughs> I think knees. I got a. I got the, yeah, it's all in the, the 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 what is it? The short twitch fibers, something, yeah. something, something. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any of that. I've been doing this thing called uh, ATG. It's like I'm um, knees over toes, and um, my knees are cooked. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, if you want to learn how to dunk, you do this course. All right. And, um, Are you actually learning um, as well? Nah, no, I'm, 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 a- I'm I like, listen, I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to put too much out there. Okay. Um, you can already dunk. No, no, it's, yes, I can. Can no, you? I no, no, I cannot. <laughs> but it's on the bucket list. It's funny how we both have the same bucket list. All right. Well, um, we'll work on that. Touch base put that, in put a that year. into a live show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, time. Wow, time's really kind of flown by. Um, and I, I wanted to to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a a little philosophical last question. Sure. As an artist, and who you are, you know, what? How does like home or the the notion of home kind of shape you or does it shape you you know is it something that is is just more than just your childhood home is it a person is it a feeling um, and yeah this one is kind of i didn't tell you about this question so <laughs> you can you can answer it any way you want yeah that's all right all right uh the notion of home wait how it relates to my artistry or just like in general Oh. Yeah, as an artist or as a person, like, mm. you know, what is your view on it? Mm. Um, I guess, oh, I don't know. I guess the first thing that's coming to my mind right now is just, I mean, as I'm sitting in my my home, in my my home studio um, and reflecting on, like, the sanctuary kind of aspect of home that I've created, but in a way you can create that anywhere, I think. Um, we, yeah, you can, I, I believe. Um, for me, that's like, I guess the feeling of, um, I guess like just safety and feeling contentment and like where you can just like fully relax and have your nervous system in a nice, you know, flow state no stress i suppose that's my idea of home i don't know is that too like no that's feeling-y? perfect i think like yeah i think if that that kind of feeling of home to you was applied to like all the things that we had reservations about we'd be like the most well-rounded artist right mm. um, wait say that again sorry i said uh, like if we had that feeling of how you feel about home mm-hmm. you know and we applied that to all the aspects of our life of being comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, being content and relaxed. Yeah. I think we'd be like the, you know, the most well-rounded artists. I think 
Yeah, that was definitely the answer I was trying to get out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I, a plus, you succeeded. A plus, 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 plus. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I kind of sprung that on you. Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're, I've been asking each person that and I forgot to tell you that was one of the questions. But That's fine. Just, you know, the notion of home I find really interesting in terms of like how totally. people feel about it. It's like the complete opposite about how the, you know, some of their biggest fears and it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of moved away from the, the actual physical, you know, the thought of, you know, one's home and family home or those kind of things. Cause I think it's more about creating your own home, you know, like I'm a cancer that's my star sign and I feel like, you mm. know, my home is in my shell, you know, in a way, like right. in a non-negative way. Like it's in, in you, I think, in yourself, um, I suppose, in a lot of ways. And like I feel I feel a sense of home with music. Like I feel a lot of I feel very held, I would say, by music, by either listening that's to music fine. or making music or just playing a bit of guitar. Do you say you feel you feel uh, held? Held, yeah. yeah I would say fine. held like I feel I feel a sense of homeliness when I'm just sitting and holding the guitar with mm. no no one watching, like no I'm not trying to be flashy or have any you know, there's no outcome needed or expectations. It's just mm. kind of and singing. That's, yeah, that's, that's, um, I've never heard it, anything expressed like that, being held by music. Mm, definitely. I feel sorry. It's just kind of put me on a bit of a, oh, <laughs> thinking too hard now, but it's beautiful. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought I got you emotional. I thought you were shedding, a little shedding bit. a little tear. Yeah, no, a little bit. I'm a little bit just like <laughs> taken aback by that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's quite a beautiful way to describe it because. There's so much, like the word home, right? There's so much attached to the word hold or held, mm. which comes with a lot of feeling and like a lot of, yeah. I think for me, uh, to not go too deeply into like certain things, but I, I don't want to try to find home in another human too much. Mm. Um, as much as, of course, we feel a sense of homeliness, well, a lot of us, not all of us, but, you know, from, you know, the mother, like the womb and all of being held in that, you know, and being held by our, you know, our parents and stuff mm. like that. But I think I just want to be able to always hold myself and not respect and because I, I guess like people change people change yeah, yeah things and change things mm. change and it's important to have that hot sense of wholeness and contentment within ourselves you know and that's really really hard to find that's for sure and you know there's obviously a a, a thing to be said about you know having someone else you know help you calm down and, you know, mm. um, help heal your nervous system. And there is, you know, but I think self-soothing and doing, holding yourself and feeling that contentment within yourself is really important. And I've spent a few, the last few years trying to do that. Um, yeah. Wow, and, that's beautiful. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm ranting now. Given me a, that's given me a lot to think about. <laughs> ranting. I have to unpack a few things now after you said that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll unpack. No, but beautiful. And come that back beautiful. with another yeah. another question. I'll, I'll <laughs> <laughs> but Milan, I just want to say thank you. Some I know you're extremely busy. You've had, especially had a very busy week. But I just want to thank you for spending time with me and yeah, just giving the listeners you know something to think about and also knowing more about you. And I'm really excited about our song. And more songs that we make in the future. And Me yeah, too. thank you for your art and thank giving you. your creative self to the world. Oh, thank you. Back yeah, at yeah. you. And yeah, I just really, really grateful that we got to connect and, and, and make music together. It's, um, yeah, and definitely more to come for sure. And we'll be slam dunking. And yeah, together. that's the most important <laughs> in the thing. near future. Yeah, exactly. Right. Next time I'm in Perth, we're gonna we're gonna shoot slam some hoops. dunk. <laughs> I've never said slam dunk. Like I've, I've I've said dunk or jam, but I've never said slam dunk. <laughs> slam <so>. dunk. <laughs> slam dunk. The nineties in me coming. It's out. very millennial. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we exposed ourselves. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. If we have, well, yeah, we'll watch Space Jam and then we'll we'll yeah. go straight to the park. We'll go slam dunk. We'll go slam dunk it. Eh? Yeah, mad. Um, I'll, I'll start practicing. Right. Thank you, Milan. Thank you. All right. Thanks, bro. See ya. Welcome home. A podcast by Taku.